Debbie. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Today's sermon, Love Today. Now, let's make sure we get this right. I want you to love Sundays, but that's not what today's sermon's about. It's not about loving Sundays. It's about you loving today. In your life, who do you love? Jesus loves you. This we know because the Bible tells you so. We know we love Jesus why? because he first loved us. But the fact is, if you really look at the teaching of the Scripture, if you look at the life of Christ, this could sum it up, couldn't it? But what does it mean to love then? We know we've got to love today. We know we've got to love every day. And I'm asking in your lives right now, what are you doing to love each other? Not just your spouse or your best friend, but what are you doing to love each other in this congregation right now? What are you doing to love people outside of this congregation right now? What are you doing to love? What does that mean? Let's look at it a little bit. Uh, what, what did the song say, though, that we just sang, Jesus loves me? Everybody knows that one just about as much as they know Jesus wept. You have to memorize the song as a kid growing up in church. That's one we all know. Uh, for the Bible tells me. So, so what? Let's look today at some love scripture. Doing things a little bit different today. Got it organized a little bit different as you can see in your bulletin. But some love scriptures. Let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Are you doing everything in your life that can be done in love? Is all that you are doing, can it be done in love? Like we talked about last week, Christian living. Right? Can it be done to the glory of God? Can it be done in the name of Jesus? Well, if you're loving, I believe that the answer to that is yes. Truly loving. So the fact is, I could have gone on and on and on and on and on. We could have done nothing but scriptures that talk about the word love and what we need to love in our lives today. We could have spent days talking about that. I've just picked a few here right off the bat. Mark 12, 30 through 31. <coughs> You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That one, I guess that song in my head, we need to sing that one next week. Uh, the second, equally important, love your neighbor. So what is Mark 12 going to tell us? We got, okay, we got to love the Lord. We got to love your neighbor. Easier said than done sometimes, the neighbor part, maybe. And, but wait, what about loving the Lord? It's, again, easier said, and sometimes we need to think about what we're doing to love the Lord. So what do we need to do with love? The Lord, your neighbor. Luke 6, 27, another one that we, we all probably recognize. Uh, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. What? This one just kind of like, right? And we've heard that, though. But think about love your enemies. Love your enemies. That just sounds strange, doesn't it? Do good to those who hate you, but they hate you. How can we do good to them? Man, there's so many ways 
There, there are so many different ways that we could take this scripture and know that we have to. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to let our enemies come up and, and kick us in the shin, right? Now, but if they do, maybe we need to turn the other shin or cheek, if you will. But the scripture tells us we need to turn the other cheek. Brother Mikey, you might say that. So yeah, we need to turn the other cheek. How many times do we turn? We've got to continue forgiving. How many times are we going to forgive? We've got to love our enemies. That's just a fact. And again, it doesn't mean we let uh, somebody that come in and steal all our stuff. And that's not what that means. You don't let a thief steal from you, but you might, might give to them if they ask. You gotta love your enemies, folks. And we can sit there and say it all day, and it's still, I just, it's, it's hard to grasp for me. Loving my enemies. Now, we, we sit around, we can joke around sports, college basketball days, you know, March Madness is right around the corner. But the fact is, whether you like Duke or whether you like Kentucky or, see, even this is hard to say, even Louisville fans, you've gotta love them. We can joke about that. But the fact is, it's a much bigger scope than that, isn't it? This is an example that maybe kind of uh, we can all understand maybe, but what, what about people that really hate us? Really hate you for your beliefs? Really hate you because of who you are? Really hate you because of the color of your skin? Really hate you because of something you said to them 50 years ago? You still got to love them. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So we've got to love our neighbor. We've got to love the Lord with all our heart. And we've got to love our enemies. Big responsibility so far. Next verse, John 15. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Love like Jesus, if you want to shorten that on your bulletin. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love like Jesus did. And when we're going to love like Jesus, we're going to love our neighbor. We're going to love the Lord. And we're going to love our enemy. Jesus loved the men who nailed his hands into the cross. Jesus loved the man who drove that crown of thorns upon his head. Jesus loved the man that spit on him. Think about that. And now he's asking us to love each other the same way that he loves us. Now, right now, all of us should be able to, be, to, be able to say, I mean, I need to love more. I need to continue to love more in my life because we're never going to get to that level. But, man, we've got to strive for it. What about if somebody hurt you? Now, you can walk up and you can, you can kick somebody in their shin, and they're liable to forgive you and still love you if you come and you ask for forgiveness. But what about if you hurt somebody right here? You hurt their feelings. You break their heart. What if you really dig in deep to somebody and lie to them? Still got to love them because Christ does that for us. Next verse is Romans 12, 9 through 10. We'll get back to Romans 12 a little bit later, but just pretend to love, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I'm talking about genuine love here. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. In other words, don't be a pretender. Don't be fake about it. Don't, don't say you love, but then act in a different way. Don't say that you love just because that Christ told us to say that we love, because he says more than that. 
He says to really love. Genuine love. Selfless love. It's not about me. Right? It's about love. Finally, 1 John 4, 8. You can see the, uh, the verse before this on your bulletin. Take a look at that as well. But just for now, 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. For what? God is love. Say that one with me. God is love. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. We're talking about God. That big and awesome and powerful and great, unfathomably awesome God is. You can sum it up right there. He's love. And he loves you. And he wants you to love as well. <clears throat> so, with these verses in mind, I'm going to look today at the story of the Good Samaritan. A story that we all know. I'm going to, in case you don't, I'm going to give you the brief synopsis of it. A Samaritan uh, was someone that the Jews looked upon and thought unclean, uh, dirty, lesser. Now, history aside, let's, if we really look at the facts, we've got to understand that, that the Jews were a very racist group. They wanted you to be part of their race, a part of their customs, or they didn't want nothing to do with you, period. They didn't want you in your, their land. They didn't want you in their area. Shoot, they weren't even allowed to touch you. And these guys that are walking by, they're not Samaritans. These first two guys. But this Jewish man sits there on the, on the side of the road, hurt, beaten, naked. And you got a priest that walks by, you got a Levite that walks by, too busy, too many things to do. I'm not going to talk about them so much today. They didn't show love. But then this Samaritan man, who the fact is, these Jews, they, they wouldn't have nothing to do with this Samaritan. But yet this man on the side of the road has no other choice. No one else to help him. And the Samaritan is who is going to love in this story that Jesus would share. And how does this man love? Of course, he's going he's to help him back up. He's going to take him into... Uh, hotel and inn. He's going to pay for his dues there, and he's even going to check back up on him later to see how he's doing. Now think about that. First thing the Samaritan is going to show is compassion. Our love that we have, that Christ asked us to have, should be compassionate love. Compassionate. Now, what does that really mean? Does that mean we've got to feel sorry for people? No, maybe, maybe feeling sorry isn't a great way to put it. Maybe how about sympathetic or empathetic? What if that was you? The scripture says that we've got to treat each other as our neighbors, treat each other as we would want to be treated. What if that was you on the side of the road? I guarantee you wanted that first guy to come by and stop. I guarantee you wanted that second guy when he came by to stop. And I guarantee you, even if it was Samaritan, if you're sitting on the side of the road suffering and dying, beaten, robbed, and naked, you want the Samaritan to stop and help you. Lend a hand. Love each other as you would love yourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. Genuinely love them. Now, you can't just be out of obligation here. 
but it is an obligation. We have got to help each other. We've got to be there for each other. We've got to be compassionate with our love. It's like Christ was with us. Luke 6.36, you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Jesus said, to love like he does. Love like he has loved you. Compassion. Folks, do you have compassion in your life right now? Is it there? It's really easy for me to get cynical. Really easy for me to, to, to be too cynical sometimes. Maybe a, to a fault of mine. But what about our compassion? It's really easy for us to be judgmental and to say, oh, well, that guy, he must have made a mistake. That's why he's over on that side of the road, beaten and naked and bleeding and hurt. He must have done something wrong. He must have earned this. He must deserve it instead of having compassion. Maybe you're not going to see anybody on this side of the road today, folks, but who in your life right now is struggling? Who in your life right now could really use a hand? I'm not talking about financially right now. I'm talking about just you being there for them and showing them love. This next verse I'm going to use as a transition verse. Story of uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. Jesus called his disciples. He told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away, or they will faint along the way. He has compassion for these people. They've been following him for days. He has an opportunity here to teach them even more. He has compassion. He doesn't want to send them away hungry. So what's he going to do? He's going to show our next aspect of the love that we need to have. He's going to be charitable. Now, so many places, if you look in the scriptures, especially the old King James Version, it's going to have the word charity instead of love. It's going to say they're synonymous. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think a better translation is the word love, and I think it's a more powerful way of saying it. But with that said, charity is most certainly a part of love. Now, take the money aspects out of your head for a minute. About just having the charity to be there for someone. What's the Samaritan going to do? He's going to take the time. It's going to be inconvenient for him. Look, this Samaritan, he was doing something. He wasn't just walking up the road just to take a walk, get some exercise. They probably didn't do that nearly as much back then because they had to walk everywhere they went, right? Just about. Unless they had a donkey. The donkeys were important. We've learned that on Wednesday nights. This is inconvenient. To stop and take care of this guy. It was too inconvenient for the priest. It was too inconvenient for the Levite. It was too inconvenient for the two that you would expect to have that kind of compassionate, charitable love. But not the Samaritan. Not the good Samaritan. And what's he going to do? He's going to show a, a charitable act whenever he helps this guy. And he's going he's to show a charitable act when he takes uh, this man uh, up to this hotel, up to this inn, and pays for him. Helps him out. He's going to show charity. Romans 12, 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Think about that one for a minute. Think about it. God's people are in need. What do we got to do? Be ready to help. I think we do a pretty good job of that here. I'm proud of you all for it. But always be eager to practice hospitality. 
If we see a way that we can help somebody out, folks, we should do it. Just straight, plain and simple. We should do it. Even if it's inconvenient for us. And it might be. It could very well be. I've seen leaders in our church do things that were very, in this church, do things that were very, very, very inconvenient, that took time out of their day, that took time, maybe even took up their entire day just to help somebody out. That's some of the stuff that happens with your offering here. And no, we didn't stand up here and announce that these things went on. It's benevolence, right? In other words, take down your business. Because if it was you, would you want everybody to know? Nobody said yes to that. Of course you wouldn't. So our leaders, maybe even do more than you all realize. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Very charitable people here in our church, though. And I appreciate that. But now let's love each other that way. Let's love our, our brothers and sisters in the world that, that don't know Christ. Let's love them with compassion and with charity in our hearts. How can we expect them to know Jesus if we don't show them the love that Jesus showed us? With compassion and charity. But what else? Constant. We've got to have constant love. You can't just love each other when it's convenient. You can't just love each other whenever it benefits you. You can't just love each other uh, whenever that's the cool, popular, trendy thing to do. You've got to love each other all the time, constantly. This, uh, this Samaritan, what did he just abandon the guy? Oh, here, you take care of him now. I've done my part. I brought him in. No, he checked back up on him later. When, when you love, that's, sometimes it's on your mind. Constantly on your mind. Now, when we say the word constant, like we looked at on Wednesday night in Romans, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that the Samaritan went away and didn't have one split second where he never thought about this guy. No, of course, of course he had other things going on in his life, but constantly meaning on a regular basis here. He was having these thoughts. I wonder how he's doing. I better check on him. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Do you have somebody in your life that you haven't invited to church yet, you haven't shared your faith with, that you need to be more compassionate to, that you need to be charitable with, and that you need to have constant love for, not just part-time love? See, to be a Christian means that we have to be full-time followers of Christ. Not just sometimes, not just part-times, not just when it's convenient, but constant. Romans 8.38 is going to talk about another way that's constant. God's love for us. It's so constant, though, that it is always there, and it's always on his mind, and it never leaves, and it is always not just on a regular basis, but always there. And there's nothing that can separate us. Scripture says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, or angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love Think about that for a second and then say amen if you believe it. Because we're blessed by that. The verse goes on to say in in, in 39, No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, there's no greater love than when someone will lay down their life for their friend. 
Now, did the Samaritan lay down his life? He didn't have to die that day like our Lord died for us. But he did stop, inconvenience himself, took a chance, took a risk. And the fact is, on another day, this man might have wanted to kill this Samaritan. On another day, he might have. The Samaritan knew that. He knew that. But the fact is, when we really look at that constant love, and we really look at how much love God has for us, it's right there. He loves us so much that he sent his son, Christ. If we want to say that the word charity is synonymous with love, it's all in the definition, and that's fine. But this word most definitely is Christ, that last C. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What did the first part say? For God so loved the world that he sent us Christ. For God so loved you and me and everybody else out there that's not in church today that he sent us Christ, his son. 1 John 3, 18. Let us not merely say we love each other. Let us show it with actions and in truth. Christ said, love each other as I have loved you. Christ said, love your enemy. Christ said, love your neighbor. Christ said, love genuinely, for real. And Christ said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So what we got to do, we have to show that with actions and in truth. So are you doing that? Today I'm going to encourage you, love today. Do it today. Right now. Do it tomorrow, too, but don't wait till then. Don't wait till then. Do the next day after that, but don't wait till then. Love today. Show compassion today. Show charitable acts today. Be constant with this. Committed with your love. Folks, we've got to be like Christ. Why? Because we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Because the Bible tells us so. So I say love today with actions and in truth. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for loving us. We ask, Lord, that you will help us to love the way that you've asked us to. Help us to be more compassionate. Help us to be more charitable. Help us to be more constant and consistent with the actions and the truth that we show through our love. Lord, we're so very blessed to have a God who loves us so much that he sent us Christ. Thank you so very much for that. I ask, Lord, today that all of us might be moved to realize that we need to love even more, to humble ourselves, to not make it about ourselves, but instead to focus on the fact that you have given us a request. No, you've asked us You've commanded us to love. 
Help us to do that just now, Lord. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.